Welcome to Uncorked, another podcast brought to you by Team Corker. I'm still Steph, and with me today is Bro. Hey, Bro. Hi, hi. How's it going? Really good. Awesome. Tis the month of love, and on you know you've really become the monthly feature. Once a month, Bro and Sis get to jam, and <laughs> it's appropriate that we're publishing this on the week of Lovers Day. I feel like it you know was once upon a time a Hallmark holiday. I'm not sure how that you know really fits now. Do people celebrate this holiday? Well, I think like everyone. I shouldn't say everyone. I think people enjoy an excuse to celebrate a romantic partner. And I think Hallmark has capitalized on that because whether it's a birthday or a goal being achieved or something, I'll speak for myself. Like I enjoy celebrating my husband. Hmm. And so if February 14th is that opportunity for me to celebrate my husband, then cool. Does it need to be with the classic dozen roses and big teddy bear and a big balloon that says I love you? Probably not. For those that enjoy that, then it would feel really special, you know? Do you still use um, printed cards? I, well, I think in both work and in personal life, postcards are the method of choice if we're going to send snail mail. Um, Yet for our first anniversary, Chad actually got stationery created. And so now we have the Clarker stationery, which is, for those of you who don't know, his last name is Clark, my last name is Corker. And so while we're not going to be changing our, our last names, one of the hashtags for our wedding was called the Clarkers. Which is adorable. And paper is the significance of your first year. And that was awesome. And like you, I think that February 14th is a beautiful day and every day is perfect to express love. And I love to celebrate love and relationships are so special. And so banking on Valentine's Day feels totally incorrect. And yet I do feel like there is a lot of conversation right now around self-love. And if you're not in a romantic relationship or in a relationship that you want to celebrate this holiday, there certainly is a vibe about self-love. And I wanted to riff with you on that, but I was curious about Hallmark because I realized, you know, mm-hmm. Hallmark holidays, does, does this even exist? Is it like buying a CD? Well, it's now more like Hallmark movies. That's like the bigger <laughs> deal. If you want to turn into the Hallmark channel, I also know the graphic designer. Shout out to Fraser Hagen. <laughs> that is so cool. Shout out to our mom who watches them all too, right? <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> She's awesome. The interesting thing about self-love and Valentine's Day is that I'm in Bali and part of the experience in Bali is we practice days of noble silence. And with noble silence, it is a inward reflection time for each participant. So you're not talking to other people during the day. You're not on social media or your phone. We do allow people to read because there's still work and readings that need to be done in the training, but it's very introspective. So it gives me a lot of time to sit back and reflect in a, in a more quiet experience. And traditionally, the first full day of Noble Silence has fallen on Valentine's Day. And the intention of that was because on a day that the world is outwardly focused and it's all about you and another person, how you take a moment to really be with yourself and 
give yourself that admiration and love and care that is often encouraged to offer someone else on February 14th. Cool. So that means that for February 14th, you're quiet? Well, this time, not so much, but traditionally, this is what the, the schedule's been. We, we had to maneuver a couple dates around, so Noble Silence doesn't fall on February 14th this year. Got it. Well, I am curious, I mean, be it in Bali or not in Bali, what are some ways, and with full respect to your beautiful husband, but what are some ways that you practice self-love for yourself, both perhaps for your brain or your physical body? What matters? How do you fill your tank? How do you fill your love bucket? Well, I think the the classic answer would be like the five different love languages. So like my love language is acts of service. So how I experience love is by people doing things for me. So recently Chad reorganized our pantry and I came home and almost had like an orgasm because I was so excited. And that to me is also how I fill up or show love myself. There's nothing that I love more than at the end of a day feeling like I've crossed off things on my to-do list. And that makes me feel like I've done what I said I was going to do for myself. And like, I know that acts of service isn't everyone's love language. So for people who love physical touch, self-love in that sense, maybe this is a tangent, but shout out to Ashley Broder, who leads the philosophy brand, I'll say. It's now in Toronto and Vancouver, and they are leading trainings around the world. And part of this experience is you go to a yoga class and they actually have registered massage therapists who touch you. And the idea is to desexualize physical touch. And so their whole thing is like, we want to talk more about masturbation. We want to talk more about how do you touch someone else without it being sexual, but like you could touch yourself and it be sexual. And all of these things around self-love, they're really demystifying. And so when you're like, how do you show your self-love? I was like, oh, are you like asking how I masturbate? But then I was like, nope, definitely not the topic of today's podcast. But I think it's like, there's a, such a big stigma around like talking about it. So we often think it's like self-love is a bubble bath and it's like, or self-love is like masturbating in a bubble bath. That could also be really cool too. Absolutely. And hat tip for real conversations all the time. Uncorked. That's the point. <laughs> Leave nothing in the bottle. <laughs> but don't bump. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. And this is what siblings talk about <laughs> when you're an adult. <laughs> Let's just keep it real. You know, it came up for me because as we released the corkboard this month, we were talking about really honoring relationships and, and, and important relationships. And one of those very important relationships is that with ourself. And for me, I mean, not quite my masturbation secrets, but rather <laughs> I am a very passionate introvert. And I get my energy from being alone. I think it's part of the reason I love my sport so much, or it has kept me in sport, because you can put me on the bike and actually not talk to me, and I'll be really happy. And I'll be excited to be in the presence of someone else, or maybe chasing someone else, but it is like meditation to me. And the reality of being in this business, which I absolutely love, 
is it really taps my extroverted side. And by default, I'm an easily confused extrovert, an easily misidentified extrovert. And so finding the time, making the time, requesting the time and space to be alone, and not always in physical pursuit, is, is really important. And I recognized this when I was lying on the table at my acupuncturist, who I adore, and I realized that you know, she pokes and prods and draws dots on me. And I was like, you know, I just love lying on this table for an hour. It's that this is the most wonderful thing. And yes, I leave and I feel great. But it's almost as though self-love is admitting my most true and authentic self, despite how other people may label me or how I may occur for other people. And that felt really real. And, you know, in the past, we've talked about the power of saying yes and the power of saying no. And I guess more than ever, I feel so aware of the value and and power of time. And, you know, our time feels so finite and how we use that time feels so, so important. And I recognize my energy in response to how I spend my time. It it feels like a, a very cherished currency these days. Well, and further to that, I think that when you're face down getting needles put in your, your back, that's also a time where you're, you don't need to be generating a conversation. Mm. Like there, I'll go into a yoga class and I will just melt because I'm so happy not to talk. Whereas in often when I'm in a yoga studio, I'm leading a class and so I'm talking for an hour or intermixed amongst an hour long experience. And so sometimes it, for me, it's also like, tell me what to do. Someone else tell me what to do. Someone else tell me to lift a leg. Someone else tell me to, to do that. And I guess that mirrors so well because what fills up my cup is like crossing things off. Like I tell myself to do things. I tell other people to do things a lot. (laughs) And so it's nice to have someone else do that for me. (laughs) Totally. I'm with you. I mean, I have a serious boner for crossing things off a list. Find me a list and I want to cross it off. I even find myself, if other people make lists, I want to cross things off their list. I just love a list that much. Oh, my husband would probably roll his eyes if he was listening to this right now because like I create lists and then like post them on our fridge to be like, look at how fun. Like we have all these things that we could do. And he's like, do you want me to do them? I'm like, well, maybe. <laughs> so like, is it fun? He's like, no, I have a different version of fun. <laughs> like on the weekend, we can cross three things off our list. He's like, okay. <laughs> uh, he's not into it. <laughs> but okay, where did that come from? Where did our love of lists come from? Because I think that that while we both would be assumed to be extroverts. I'm definitely more extroverted than you are. I love to sit on a yoga mat. You love to sit on a bicycle. Like there's so many differences to the people who like really know us. It's like, oh, you're the same, but quite different. Mm-hmm. But our like love of lists is something that I would say that we do share in common. Where do you think we got that? Well, I think there could be a little bit of our father in that. If you remember, there was a list in our house at all times that he would write. And it's also interesting to me because while I've, of course, I recognize our differences, there are times that I feel like we, our mannerisms or the way in which we do things, we could be twins. Mm. And like our obsessiveness about similar things is, it's quite astonishing to me that there is actually three years between us because there are things that could be so similar. 
Yeah. I mean, even how we do the dishes and how we <laughs> buy groceries and those things are, are quite interesting. Or, it's also time, like this time of the year, it's, it's, as we said, it's about connection and connecting with yourself. And, you know, the challenge that I would offer is to look at all of our habits, the things that are like unconscious, like how we do the dishes and create a different way. You know, in Bali, we, we joke about to, this is the month to practice brushing your teeth with your opposite hand. Hmm. And the reason for that is because when you take something for granted so much, it becomes, it just becomes ingrained. It just becomes uh, unconscious. Mm. And so when we bring consciousness back to it, we rediscover what it actually means to us. Well, it's funny that you mentioned dishes because my coach, Jasper Blake, is an Ironman champ and a really rad human. He talks about having the same intention of doing the dishes as you do about executing a workout. Mm. And he said that when you can practice that intention in every area of your life, even the mundane tasks that you might not be as mindful in, then you get to translate that to other areas. So to your point, I think there's an aspect of how can you change the way in which you are executing certain habits? Or I would offer how can you bring a certain level of intentionality or mindfulness to habits that you might otherwise do rather mindlessly. Totally. One other piece that you just triggered me to to share in the world of self-love is a, I think this came from Suzanne Conrad. You can correct me if I'm wrong. The, you know, when feeling down or depleted to ask yourself if you need one of these three things. Did this come from Suzanne? I first heard it through Suzanne Conrad. Yeah. Let's give her the props. Uh, The question to ask is, do I need sleep protein or an orgasm that could just mean some physical touch so it's do i need a nap do i need protein which can be confused with i want sugar you don't want sugar but your body might need some protein it can be plant-based absolutely or am i lacking physical touch do i need a hit of oxytocin which is a beautiful thing and probably one of the hardest things for many people to ask for especially if you're in the office like walking into your boss's office and say, can I please have a hug right now? They're like, get back to work. Yeah. And like, no, I can't touch you. (laughs) Right. Let's not get into that. But I find myself very much thinking about those three things, um, especially as an introvert. I'm aware. What do I need right now? Mm. And you know, last week I was at the office and I said, what I need right now is not protein. It's not a hug. I need a nap. And I proceeded to lie down on the carpet and put my jacket over my head. And I had a 15 minute power nap with a timer on. And it was exactly what I needed. And I love that filter. It's so simple. It's unapologetic. And you don't need to explain yourself. You just need to go have a nap. And for the record, everyone, Steph's like, I'm going to go meditate. And as she meditates, she puts the jacket over her head and sets a 15-minute timer and falls asleep. So sometimes if you're having trouble staying awake in meditation because you're like, I just keep falling asleep, that probably is an indicator that you just need more sleep. You know, I think that if at Team Corker, I was embarrassed to tell you that I needed to have a nap, then I can't imagine what it's like out in the real world. But the truth was, I just wanted a nap. But if I told you I was going to meditate, then you'd be okay (laughs) with me lying horizontal on the carpet in the middle of our office. 
So I did. Oh, goodness. You know, this also reminds me of the book by Esther Perel called Mating in Captivity. And it's such an interesting book because it really asks us to challenge the thoughts that we think about relationships. And so for any of you in a relationship this month and looking to add like some more spice to the relationship or just like questioning how do you up your erotic intelligence, I would say. One of the quotes that I remember from her book is, what makes you think you have your partner? What makes you think you have your partner? So often it's like, oh, we always want what we don't have, or once you have it, once we're married, now all the like fun goes, but what makes you think you have this person? And challenging that thought, challenging that habitual pattern of belief may actually unlock something of where are you taking something or someone for granted? And while it's so powerful to think about it from yourself, when we look and open our eyes to the people around us, it's like, where am I also taking the environment for granted? Where am I taking the people that I work with for granted? And bringing that sense of mindfulness back into really truly appreciating what we have and also showing a little bit more love in that equation. Yeah. I really think it's hard to overdose on the love equation. Amen. In, in this world, I mean, more love. Be the one to say I love you. Be the one to pour out more I love you. Be the one to show whatever love language will be best received. But I think this podcast is really sweet to cover off, be it love languages, be it owning your own authentic love for yourself, I mean, masturbate, orgasms, protein, sleep, bathtubs, books, we got it. Bro, what's making your heart beat faster? I cannot stop talking about the book that my book club is reading right now. It is The Art of Gathering. And I don't know the author. We'll put a link below. It is unreal. It covers everything from how you gather in a boardroom meeting, how you gather at an offsite, how you gather for a birthday party, how you gather for a family reunion. It's like, what's the point? And is there actually an art to bringing people together? And it's a beautiful, beautiful book. I'm only halfway through it and I'm already like talking about it to everyone I meet. I think Team Corker should read it as our next book. Awesome. I what's love making it. your heart beat faster? I've got to say, I, I mentioned this, my acupuncturist is really a special human. And she's just one of these women who's been through it all in life. She beat stage four breast cancer and her partner's actually undergoing brain cancer right now. And she reminds me to live every day full on and full out. And so I'm appreciative for alternative forms of healthcare. And I'm also just really appreciative for who she is as a human. I think mm. it's really special. Do we link below to give her the shout out if she's looking I would, referrals? Unfortunately, she's not. So okay. right now we can't do that. Secrets. More secrets to be revealed in future podcast episodes. Stay tuned so that you also can have a great Chinese medicine doctor. <laughs> and Matt Corker, I'll be talking to you again in March. Amen. See you soon.